0: The point of listening is to listen to those parts of you, get them out so that you can be released from them. So, anyways, I'm sitting there, I'm doing my morning pages, and I the first thing I write is like, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot again. But I just don't think this is as magical as Julia claims it is, right? So I'm right, I write that at the very beginning, I finish my three pages, and then I sit in meditation, and I kid you not, Rick, I instantly get a download about basically my soul's purpose for being here. After doing the morning pages, and I'm like, I don't think this is that magical. Clearly, there's something to the morning pages. I don't know.
1: You're listening to the One Power Podcast. I'm Rick Busby.
0: And I'm Tammy Lorraine.
1: And together, we are transforming lives. One conversation, one episode at a time. Welcome to the One Power Podcast, I'm Rick Busby, here with my co-creator of the One Power Podcast, Tammy Lorraine. We are in the studio, which for us is the Twelve Powers Chapel here at Unity Church of the Hills. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be following up with our Whitestone Ceremony words. And for those of you all that have participated in the Whitestone Ceremony, which is an annual event here at Unity Church of the Hills, we go into a deep meditation and we listen for a word... A word or two, a short phrase that is perhaps uh, thematic for us for the coming year, sets an intention uh, for us, something to work on in our process intentionally and consciously in the coming year. And so we've been doing this uh, experience, the Whitestone Ceremony, for years and years. I don't even know how many I participated in uh, over the course of time. And I've always had very positive, profound experiences following through on my Whitestone word of the year. And so in just a few minutes, we're going to be revealing what our Whitestone words were and kind of checking in with one another about how we've been following through and following up with that in our lives in the first month of 2021 here. And uh, then we'll see where that goes. And a little bit later on the episode, we're going to be uh, spending some time talking about Julia Cameron's new book, The Listening Path, as well. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to bring in my co-host here, Tammy Lorraine. Tammy, welcome to this episode of the One Power Podcast.
0: Thank you, Rick. And I'm excited to be here, to be in the chapel. It's a gorgeous day here in Austin, Texas. And... um yeah, White Stone. You know, I think the thing for our listeners who've never, you know, done a White Stone ceremony to know is that um, even though it happens at the first of the year, it's so completely different than the intention setting that most people do going into a new year. In fact, really, what I've found for myself is I always approach it with an expectation of what I want my word to be. And I've learned through many, many years of doing this that it's best to set all of that aside and to really kind of go in with the beginner's mind, the clear mind, and be open to... Um, to spirit telling us, okay, well, what is your word, you know, and not make it something I'm making up and trying to fit my life into. Um, it's really about allowing, I think is a big word to use there. And so, you know, my word, if I can just jump right in, um, what's funny about that is this year, um, spirit had a word I didn't want. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if anybody else who's done the white stone ceremony before has had that experience, but um, it started with our burning bowl, uh, which is really about release. And I kind of heard the word release. And, um, I was like, oh, well, yeah, we're in the, we're in the burning bowl. And so that's fine, but I don't want that to be my word. You know, I have a a former coworker and a good friend who had that word one year. And I mean, she's a former coworker because of that word. Like she, like, she let go of her job. She let go of, um, and gave away a whole bunch of weight, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. It was like her entire life became about release that year. And I'm like, Oh, man, you know, it's we've been through enough change uh, over this last year. I don't want that word, Spirit. No, thank you. So then we go into uh, the Whitestone ceremony, and I start to hear the word coming up again. I'm like, no, 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 I-, I don't want that word. I'm sorry, I don't want that word. So then Spirit does this end run around me and gives me this bizarre word, uh, Israel, which metaphysically kind of means surrendering to and allowing yourself to be um, in alignment with your highest self, which is really what the word release is about. It's letting go of my own sort of egoic control of life and releasing my own expectations, which is what the whole point of it all is anyways. <laughs> but I was so determined not to. And now I get this fun word. And because I'm such a nerd, it's like, oh, exciting. Like there's all these metaphysical interpretations. And like at the bottom of it is the word release.
1: I have had that word before, uh, is one of my white stone uh, words in the past as well. Um, you're right. It's like, I understand intellectually and even spiritually, uh, we even have a power of renunciation in the 12 powers, which is, which is one of our powers that helps us to eliminate and release and let go of things that no longer serve. And so I can see, um, how that's a positive, affirmative intention to set for the year. Uh, and yet at the same time, I noted resistance in my own self too, because it, on some level, it's like, well, what if I don't want to release it? And then you're faced with your own resistance and, and so forth. Uh, and, and sometimes when the word release came up, as I look back at the year that was, you know, from, from the rearview mirror, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was going to be releasing that this year. You know, sometimes relationships, you know, outlive their purpose and everything. And you, you release that sometimes it was even like medically physically like have, having something physically removed uh, in a surgery and stuff like that that would show up you know that way so so it's like there there's some some parts of that experience of release are kind of negative and we're going to resist those like we want to hang on to certain kinds of things i say that to say that uh, my experience has been that always on the other side of the release when i can get some mileage you know behind me and i can look back at it i can realize oh, that was necessary to release that and to remove that to put me in a different position to intersect with this next stage, this next phase of my life that unfolded and everything. So I, I resemble that <laughs> resistance that you that you noted there. And, and I've had that same kind of experience. And I think for me this year, with my word, I even had some of that experience in the meditation of there was an intellectual part of me, the rational part of me was I, I could really feel it Projecting a word into it that I could say I heard that, but I but knowing also that I was projecting my my intention into it, and then seeing if I could get spirit to confirm that word, you know, and 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 I was aware that that's what I was doing energetically. I could feel that little nudge that I was projecting this in there. I was wanting that to be the thing, and did spirit really say that, or did I suggest it? And what I, my experience was that. This happened like over the course of the meditation, it happened about three or four times where i I, I wouldn't get the confirmation from spirit of a word that I threw in there, so I would kind of change the channel and then throw another word you know in there and wait for spirit to confirm that to see if there was any kind of resonance with that and so I went through this process three or four times and I was like, "Wow, you know i, I by that point in time, I was really aware that I was doing a little projecting into." The, that I wanted the word to be this way because I wanted my life to look, I wanted to develop this in the coming year. That was, I think it was different than what you were saying. It's different than a New Year's resolution. You know, yeah. we make, we make New Year's resolutions. I want to do this. I want to improve that. I want to, you know, do these kinds of things. And the White Stone is different than a New Year's resolution. It's a deeper soul intention. And uh, I say that to, say, to describe that experience of projecting and then not getting spirit to confirm it and then moving and changing the channel and throwing another projection in there. And then after a little while, I, was, I finally surrendered and I was like, okay, what then? And there was silence. And I stayed with the silence and I stayed with the silence and then I heard one word, listen. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> and then it was just listen and receive. And that's when I surrendered to, it's like, oh, that's what my word was supposed to be. And I, and it was really a, a interesting because of the experience that I had there where I was aware that I was projecting an intention in and trying to get spirit to confirm it, and that spirit wasn't having any part of that that it just got me to that point to where I surrendered, to where I could say that simple one word, listen. And uh, for those of you all that know me, you know that uh, listen represents quite a big challenge uh, and a growth point for me because I like to talk. Uh, <laughs> I like to talk quite a bit. And uh listening is something that I have to consciously intend. Uh, I have to be really um, mindful and intentional on this is what I'm doing. And I've noticed uh in... Uh, Several Zoom meetings, people that are used to me uh being very vocal and kind of getting in the conversation and mixing things up and throwing ideas in and, and so forth, that I've been quiet in a lot of meetings and uh on Zoom and everything. And there'll come a point in every one of those meetings where someone will go, well, Rick, you know, you've been being real quiet over there. You know, what do you think? And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm just, I'm listening. I, I'm listening. There's a lot of good ideas Already moving around, you know and I'm, and I'm just and I'm thinking about how I can support those ideas more than than being the one throwing an idea out there. there's already good ideas out there. How can we bring those in together so it it really does represent a growth point for me to listen and that that second piece also there was that second word the second time around it was listen and receive, and I kind of took that as like, okay, if I'm willing to listen, I put myself in that position of being open. You know, being open instead of being proactive and kind of pushing energy out from me out into the world to kind of get back into that more, uh, open, surrendered place to listen at a deeper level. And, uh, we, it, I'm staggered to think that we've only been through one month in 2021. So much happened in the month of January. Here for me personally, here uh, adopting into the to the staff position here at Unity Church of the Hills, what's been going on in the world, there was a lot of stuff uh you know, happened, you know, in our family uh, and so forth and it's like it, it, it takes my breath away sometimes to think, you know, we're only 30 something days into 2021 and how much has happened already.
0: Yeah. Um your story about, you know, the projecting and the channels and all of that, I just love that because I I think everybody kind of does that. We're always sort of bargaining with God to, like, try to get it to be what we want. I mean, it's like with me and the word release, Um, you know, I'm just bargaining to try to make it look a certain way. And why I love the White Stone Ceremony so much is it is an opportunity, if we're willing, to let God— that divine essence um, that is ever present that we can align with have greater control of our lives and just sit back and it can actually be a lot easier than trying to like, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about matter to matter. It's like, if I'm in my ego nature, I'm trying as matter to create matter through the arduous effort of doing And there's this, that essence of us that is energy. When we align with that, when we listen, I love that your word is listen. I would invite all of us to adopt the word listen this year. Then we're energy creating from that space. Everything is so much easier that way. Uh, so I'm excited to see what your word is going to give you. You do have a lot of words that you like to use. You do like to talk Rick, but I've always found you to be a good listener as well. I just want to like throw that out there. You really, you, you want to, you love the English language and you like to use all of it. (laughs) And I have found you to be a very good listener as well.
1: Well, thank you for saying so, Tammy. Um, my, uh, inner critic is always in a jousting session with my inner perfectionist. Even this listening dynamic that's been going on this year has gotten me into a closer relationship with my own, listening to my own internal dialogue. Uh, interestingly, uh, after the Whitestone ceremony, and I got that word and I wrote it down, listen and receive on my Whitestone, and I put it on my desk where I work at home during the day. And just a few days after that All of a sudden, these ads started popping up in my Facebook feed or, you know, in various places showing Julia Cameron's new book, The Listening Path. And I kept seeing this and I'm like going, well, isn't that interesting? Julia's got a new book out called The Listening Path and listen was my white stone word. I wonder if I should take on Julia's new book. I haven't done one in a few years and everything. I did go to a, a workshop with her last year uh, in uh, the Northern California in the Redwood Forest uh, for a weekend, which was great. Um, but she got a new book out. Right as I got this word, listen from my white stone thing. Should I do that? Uh, I, I'm so busy right now. I don't have time to do it. And that ad kept showing up, like showing up over and over. And finally I surrendered. I said, Okay. I'm going to go ahead and download it, and I downloaded it on Audible, and I've been using it uh, as part of my accompaniment for my morning walks with the dog, and uh, it's really interesting uh, how she takes you through different phases of listening in the book, and I'm still only about a little over halfway through uh, in the book, and I'm just listening to the whole thing that's really kind of intended for you to do over like a six-week period and everything, but I'm just kind of taking the whole thing in first, and then we'll go kind of Double back and then kind of actually do the work. Uh, but this big long chapter on listening to others. And it was really interesting dynamic that she did where she went, she called in people that she knew and respect. Um, and she told them she's working on a book on listening. And then she would ask them about listening, like, like how they, how it shows up in their work or in their lives and everything. And then she would listen to these others. Talk about listening, and now that kind of became the part of her book, the heart of her book, I should say. And uh, it was a really interesting, dynamic, and I kind of part of me, you know, we were talking about that impatience in the White Stone ceremony. I found myself kind of feeling that that way. It's like Julia, I don't want to hear what these other people have to say uh, about this. I, I bought this book to hear what you have to say. I was kind of, you know, wanting to get these nuggets from her until I began to realize how that is the point. The, especially with listening to others, she talks about listening to our environment and listening to our higher self and listening in the silence and these different aspects and ways to where we're to proactively engage in the energy and the activity of listening. And that there's an art to, you know, being an an artful listener, so to speak, and listening beyond the words, listening more to, at a deeper level to intention. So uh, it's just, it's another one of those things. And even with the uh, last episode, when we talked about the season for nonviolence and uh, I mentioned the Marshall Rosenberg book, also a big part of his work in the nonviolent communication is that proactive listening. So it, like even we're just, like I said, we're just one month into this that I've been getting all of these signals uh, from places. So I feel like I'm really on a deep dive this year <laughs> with, uh, with listening. So uh, my expectations, uh, for the rewards and and desserts and everything are high at this point.
0: Well, you mentioned um, the inner perfectionist, right? And um, so I went ahead and I got the listening path one because I knew we would be, you know, kind of looking at it in our future podcasts. Um, I also was getting the ad, so apparently Facebook's listening because it saw you with your ad, and we're friends. And next thing I know, it's in my ads too. I'm like, thanks. Back to the perfectionist, she had this quote for perfectionism that I love. It's, um, perfectionism is just fear in a fancy dress. And it it hit a little too close to home. (laughs) It was like, oh, man, Um, I really don't want to have to go there. But um, just what a great quote. I love that quote. So funny story, I'm listening to the introduction and she's going through the tools in the listening path are the same tools from the artist's way, which are the morning pages, the artist's date and um, the walks. And I'm like, man, she tricked me. Like This is just like another way for her to get her tools back out. And I'm, you know, I've, I know you are a big morning page person. I've tried it and... Um, I, I do usually enjoy it as a process. Um, and I know that part of the practice is to like get the inner complainer out on the page so that you're sort of freed up. Um, but usually I get so frustrated with my own complaining <laughs> that I end up quitting, which is sort of like you were talking about in the inner critic and all of that. You know, The point of listening is to listen to those parts of you, get them out so that you can be released from them. So anyways I'm sitting there I'm doing my morning pages and I the first thing I write is like okay I'm gonna give this a shot again but I just don't think this is as magical as Julia claims it is right so I'm right I write that at the very beginning I finish my three pages and then I sit in meditation and I kid you not Rick I instantly get a download about basically my soul's purpose for being here after doing the morning pages. And I'm like, I don't think this is that magical. Clearly there's something to the morning pages. I don't know.
1: Well, I think for me, what I've, what I've learned over the course of time, I started the morning pages at a, at a point in time when I was sort of going through for lack of a better way of saying it, the midlife crisis kind of thing where, you know, I had gone through a period of, of letting go of a a dream or a vision for my life that I'd lived with for like a really, really long time. And I'd, didn't have a vision to replace it when I left. I just literally kind of walked away from it. So I was in this sort of uh, fallow period there where there wasn't anything to replace it. I didn't know where I was headed. I was depressed. Things weren't working in my life. And that's when The artist Way came into my life. And uh, at that point in time, I was about probably, I don't know, maybe two years into what I would call my spiritual path, like actively engaging a spiritual path. And I'd been reading everything that came my way. You know, someone would suggest this book and I would, yeah, I'll, I'll do that and I'll do this and that and the other. Uh, and then I would get into those books and I would read them and I would like them and I would look at the suggested exercises in the book, you know, and I would go, yeah, I could see how if I did that, that would probably yield some benefits, but I don't have time to do that right now. So I wouldn't do the work. I'd just kind of move on, read the next chapter and just kind of go, just take all the information in. And I say that to say that The Artist Way was the first book that came along during that period. That I actually began to do the work, also, like I did, read the, you know, took the book in, and I and I got busy right away. I don't know what it was in me. I, maybe I was just ready at that point in time, and it kind of made sense. Maybe I was uh, aware that I wasn't doing the exercises before, so I wasn't really progressing, you know. So maybe I sh- maybe there might be something to actually doing the work. So I did. I, I, I just engaged it. I embraced it without. Much resistance. And, and for about that first three or four years, I mean, I filled up journal after journal after journal. I put all kinds of stuff on the page. I don't even, have, never even go back to read them. I just kind of bagged them and put them in the drawer, buy a new one and just, and, and, and go on again. But what I observed in my life that once I began doing that, all of a sudden, all kinds of creative inspiration, particularly in songwriting for me, was one of the ways that it showed up principally. I got back into songwriting on a more serious basis. And uh, it was that doing the work with the morning pages opened me up to that creative inspiration. Sometimes the inspiration would show up directly in the in the morning pages themselves and sometimes it was like your experience it was after the morning pages were done and then I'm on to the next activity or whatever into meditation or somewhere else in my day and then inspiration would drop in. So I think the 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 part of the morning pages, and she does call it a brain drain a little bit, you know, that just wake up, don't think, just get your journal, get your cup of coffee or your hot tea, whatever you you need to if you need to, but sit down and do that first thing before you engage the day. And I can tell you from experience, if I don't get it done first thing, it doesn't get done. I I won't take a 9.30 or 10 a.m. coffee break and do my morning pages because once I'm engaged in the day, I do not make room for the morning pages. And I can tell you over my experience time and again that when I start feeling frustration in my life, like things are, I'm getting stuck, I'm getting burned out. A lot of times I, I say yes and I provide service in a lot of ways and, and that's good and I, and I wouldn't change that aspect, but it's easy for me to get out of balance. And sometimes I get to this burnout stage where I'm serving, serving, serving these external things and I start feeling frustrated. And every time that that's happened, every time I become aware, it's like, oh man, I'm right back here. I'm doing this again. And I start sorting through my consciousness, like, what's going on? What's going on? <sighs> I'll tell you what's not going on, Rick. You're not doing the morning pages. And it's always a signal to me to return back to that, to bring that back into my morning routine. Because there's something about honoring yourself first and doing this discipline. It's like the chop wood, carry water, or just doing your reps at the gym or, you know, practicing the fundamentals that taking that first 30 minutes, each day to do the morning pages, putting yourself in a position to listen to your own self, just drain it on the page. A lot of times, some, some mornings it's not a brain drain. Some mornings it's not a bunch of complaining. Some mornings it's straight to inspiration. It's like there's something bubbling and I can't wait to get to the morning pages. And so there's that experience too. It's not always a drag to, To do it, although there have been mornings where I've had that same experience as you, like put pen to paper. I do not want to be doing these this morning. I can't believe I'm sitting here at the page wasting 30 minutes writing three long-handed pages of my complaints and my to-do list and whatever else I can think of to keep the pen moving on my page. And what I find is that as I just keep the pen moving, somewhere about a page, page and a half into that process and getting that static out of the way, Another voice emerges in the process. Before long, I realize there's literally a narrator shift in what's going on in the page. Some little inspiration will come through, and then, now I'm following that. But I had to get through the complaining first to get clear to allow that to emerge. And the morning pages is part of part of that. Just just continuing to scratch, scratch, scratch. Inspiration will show up. There's no doubt about it. I've got too much experience and evidence with that at this point in time to say that it doesn't work because i know that it works it's it's usually when i'm not working it when my life stops working as well
0: and i can imagine that it, it i can see how that makes it such a great tool for listening because all of that stuff is in our field all the whatever it is that's going to go on the page that's that brain drain sort of stuff it's in our field and if we don't get it out like you said then your life gets out of balance but it's also a block to our being present with people because it's like taking up space in your in your brain of all these thoughts that you have that you don't want to either you don't want to look at or uh you're you're just like oh whatever that's boring it's not necessary for me to even you know put that on the page but it's still like floating around in the ethers like this block that's between you and everything else going on in the world. I and mean, when you can just like let that go first thing, it's like you do step into your day kind of that beginner's mind sort of open to and, and available for life to be able to be a better listener.
1: Well, you know, the the other aspect of it is, um, you know, there was the morning pages and there was the artist date and the artist way. And then her second book that came out after that was The, the Vein of Gold. And The Vein of Gold is like, the artist's way on steroids. It's a much deeper dive. In the vein of gold, she asks you to incorporate a daily walk. So she's actually increasing your investment in your own personal commitment. Now you got to get the morning pages done and you got to go for a daily walk. So now we've turned 30 minutes into an hour or more to get the daily walk accomplished. Plus I, the
0: artist date.
1: Plus well, well, the artist date was always easier for me because it was a once a week thing. I kind of, I, I still enjoy going someplace by myself, like whether it's to, you know, the record store and just go thumbing through records or, you know, whatever the case may be, which is one of my favorite activities to do, to go thumbing through the vinyl stores and, and looking at records. Uh, but I always looked forward to the artist date. Uh, uh that was always a very positive thing for me. I didn't have much resistance to that. But the, the walk, uh, when it, when I first encountered the vein of gold, the daily walk did, encounter some resistance. Uh but the the periods in time when I've been been real steady and consistent with the morning pages and the daily walk like getting that done there's something about it on the other end of it the the awareness in my own consciousness that I have honored my highest intentions for myself and that I made that a priority. I got it done early before the world kind of intervenes into my day and then I'm running around doing to-dos you know, responding and reacting to the world out there. But but if I've taken the time to do my morning pages and do my morning walk before I engage that, I have a greater facility, a greater capacity for resilience and buoyancy during my day, a greater capacity for creative inspiration in my interactions, problem solving, or just, you know, creatively fulfilling a project. It's always when I... Don't do the morning pages and the walk. It's not about those as activities, as to-do items. It's about honoring myself and my highest intentions for myself. And I always feel better knowing that that's already in the bag for the day before I engage the day. Because now I've accomplished something. I put myself in a priority position on the to-do list for the day. I honored that. Then I have a lot more reserves uh, a willingness to serve the world out there without burning out or beginning to resent the service that I'm giving out there and the time that it takes from what I would like to do for myself. So that's the that's the long term value of the morning pages. We got to get past that sort of ah, I don't want to do this and I don't, These aren't very magical and everything. It's the honoring of yourself and your highest intentions. That's what's behind the morning pages.
0: Thanks for that shift, Rick. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to committing to doing the um, the morning pages as well as the listening path. And um, it'll be exciting to see how it transforms my life, your life, our listeners' lives. If they choose to jump in the journey with us, uh, we'll definitely put the listening path in the show notes where you can go about getting that. Um, you know, if you haven't done your white stone word guys, um, you can go back and listen to, I think it was our January 3rd service, um, at unityhills.org to still partake. It's never, it's always, there's always an option to go back and listen to spirit. And hopefully we're doing it over and over again in order to keep our word white stone word alive, as well as to hear the nuances of spirit, um, Any closing thoughts, Rick, that you have?
1: Well, I think that's a great add, what you just said there. And I'd like to emphasize and add my voice to that is that, yes, go back and and dig up that January 3rd service on our website or on our YouTube channel uh, or even our Facebook uh, page as well, because just because you weren't there present at that at the beginning of the year doesn't mean you have to wait until next year to have that experience. You can go back, you can find that service, you can have your own you know, meditative time with that in your own space is a 20-minute service, but it'll take you through that guided meditation. And you can listen for that word. You can listen for that intention. Like, what is spirit attempting to tell you, to communicate to you as to what's valuable for you as a theme for the year, as, as something that you can work on? It's not like, you know, I rarely ever got like, hey, you need to move here or you need to quit this or you need to quit that. There was always, it was more of a thematic Word that represented kind of a theme that was going to be developing in my year ahead. Sometimes I was right on with it. I was like, yes, that's, that's perfectly right on time because that's exactly where I am. I'm, I'm into expansion, for example, was my word one year. And I, and like I got that and I was like, perfect because I'm, I'm, I'm on course. And other times the word comes in and it doesn't seem like it fits and we want to swat it away. Uh, you know, or, 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 like I said, when I was describing my experience, trying to project into the moment what I wanted the word to be for the year and spirit wasn't having any of it. So you can join in that. You can get, you can get on board with that today if you want to. If you're listening to this, uh, episode, uh, next week when we release it or even a month from now, go back and find that service. Have your own experience with that service. Listen to spirit. Spirit's always ready to communicate to us when we sit down and we make ourselves available to listen.
0: Yeah, and I think if if you resemble uh, Rick and my remarks about our White Stone experience, like so let's say you did it back in January, and you kind of know deep down that really you told spirit what you want your word to be, maybe go back and listen again and just see it, it, even if it's just to notice that interplay between our ego and our higher self, that is such a valuable exchange to just begin to notice what you notice about. Is this really my highest self talking or is this my ego talking? Where am I trying to project? Um, you know, those are great exercises for, uh, for listening and i think everybody should choose the word listen in addition to whatever else spirit gives us as part of 2021
1: yeah uh, and just in closing real quick to echo that uh, remember the word listen or the strategy for listening comes up in the nonviolent communication also so it's a theme running through the through the season for nonviolence Uh, Right now, it's a theme that's running personally in my life based on the White Stone Ceremony. And it seems like everywhere I'm turning that I keep getting that signal to listen deeper, more authentically, being more present. And there is that distinction between hearing what someone is saying and actually listening. We can hear on autopilot because we got ears and our ears are going to hear whatever happens in our environment. But listening requires engagement. There's a whole lot more being communicated beyond the words. If you really listen at a deeper level, there's other kinds of meta communications that are going on besides what's just being said. So, I'm really looking forward to uh, to this year as this unfolds and becoming a better listener. And the listening path, as Tammy said, uh, we'll have that in the show notes. Uh, so, if you want to pick up a copy of Julia Cameron's The Listening Path and uh, bring that into your practice, highly recommended. It's always useful. Uh, her tools are great, uh, especially for frustrated creatives uh to bring in the artist's way to bring in the vein of gold to bring in the listening path and 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 julia's other works and everything and bring that into your experience i can't recommend it highly enough and so with that uh, we're going to bring in this episode of the one power podcast to a close we want to thank you all for joining us today in this uh, conversation you can uh, always uh, check out onepowerpodcast.com if you want to get caught up on uh, past episodes you can find uh uh, a banner in the rotator on unityhills.org. That's a way into it as well. Uh, and you can also find the podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google and Stitcher and Spotify and all those other places as well. So you can find the One Power Podcast everywhere. We've got lots of great episodes coming up for you guys uh, in the future. We're still working on a two-parter with uh, Don McGilber, is Jr., Uh, and his great work. Uh, Next week, we've got an interview scheduled with Heather Ash Amara. And uh, so that episode will be coming out real soon. Thank you so much for your support. Tammy, any parting thoughts?
0: Just uh, move about your day and listen, listen, listen.
1: Thank y'all very much for being here with us on the One Power Podcast. We'll see y'all real soon. Peace. In our next episode, Tammy and I spent some time exploring the intersections between Toltec traditions and Unity teachings, along with highlights from our recent interview with bestselling author and master teacher Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. All of that and more on the next episode of the One Power Podcast.
0: One Power Podcast is produced with the support of Unity Church of the Hills in Austin, Texas, a spiritual community of love and acceptance where lives are transformed. For more information on the One Power Podcast, please visit our website, onepowerpodcast.com.